1: Woods Coffee, commitment to quality and community. Kelly Spiker considers herself a second-generation coffee entrepreneur. Since 2002, Kelly and her family have grown a successful chain called Woods Coffee by bringing quality beverages, baked goods, and community to the Pacific Northwest. Woods Coffee thrives in an exceedingly competitive region. Starbucks, the international coffee giant, has its headquarters nearby. Wood's success, according to Kelly, is tied to their family business values. The company treats its employees like family members and considers their customers guests. We had the opportunity to speak with Kelly Spiker about generating growth in a hyper-competitive marketplace, leveraging Wood's commitment to quality and community, and working tirelessly to improve the lives of others nearby. Enjoy this episode with Kelly Woods Cafe, what a great, great brand to come across for us. And then it's family owned as well, which is just, you know, such a great bonus. And the reason why we asked you for this interview. So welcome to uh, this conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're most welcome. And Kelly, so second generation, you're already the second generation in this family business. Tell us a little bit more about what Woods Coffee is all about.
0: So yeah, actually, I am the second generation of my family business. I mean, I have kids now of my own, so it will be fun to see them, you know, sort of grow up and be the third generation.
1: I like how we go straight into the pressure on your kids. We're starting the interview off on a very good note. <laughs> it's like right there <laughs> off the bat. Mommy's very clear you're working in the business. I'm just, yeah. I'll make sure your kids read this later on.
0: And yeah, actually my husband and I work in the business, so they're surrounded by it all the time. <laughs> so yeah, we started the business when I was 17 years old. So My family, um, we moved up here actually from Southern California when I was nine. So my parents moved us all up here. We moved to a farm that was 45 acres and we moved from the city. So it was quite the shock. (laughs) Um, And then my mom homeschooled all of us um, actually our whole lives. So me and my three siblings were homeschooled and we lived on 45 acres. It was super great life growing up here in Washington and had a lot of fun. And as we grew up, yeah, my dad has always owned his own businesses. So he had owned a cabinet shop, he had owned construction companies. And then at the time, when I was 17, he was actually working for someone else. That's the first time he really worked for someone um, in my lifetime. So we just kind of threw out an idea together as a family. Like, wouldn't it be fun if we started a coffee shop? Like, coffee is fun. And you know, I, I was drinking coffee at the time. and so yeah, it'd be so fun to start a coffee shop. I want to be a barista. You know, my sister wanted to be a barista. My sister's a couple years older. So they, my parents just decided, hey, let's go for it. Let's start a homeschool family project and learn how to start a business together. And so we sort of just dove in. We actually knew nothing about coffee when we started. 17
1: years ago. Okay, I just, I just love that that random conversation transformed into such a successful business yeah. because, like, you guys went a long way from that first coffee shop. You guys scaled oh, yeah. massively. So, can you tell right. us a little bit, give us the facts and figures of what the situation is today? From because this sounds like a mom and pop sort of like a situation, but right. we right. we know this is not the case anymore. So, tell yes. us more about how, where you guys stand today.
0: So now today we have 19 um, locations from uh, yeah, basically the Canadian border all the way down to Bellevue, so just you know east of Seattle, that area, and we're continuing to grow. We started our own bakery. That was probably about almost eight years ago now, um, and then we started roasting our own coffee as well about six years ago. So now we are almost fully integrated here with our own business model that we try to do everything we can and control everything we can in-house, so that way we can have the freshest products, highest quality, um, kind of control it all. And so we actually drive to every single one of our store locations every night and deliver fresh food and fresh coffee. And that's a model we're, we're committed to. So that's sort of what makes
1: Woods different. But you know, Kelly, it's so interesting, right? Like, so we talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and everything, and usually the founder stories sort or of like the first generation story is sort of like it's driven by either a need for survival or like, you know, a particular economic situation that pushes someone towards building a business to sustain their family and stuff like that. But in your case, what I find super interesting here is that it's really just, it started as a passion family project. And I'm just really wondering, like, you know, at what stage, because you were already, you were a teen at that stage, so you were perfectly conscious of what was happening. Um, So At what stage did you guys realize, hold on a minute, like, you know, we have something here that has serious potential. Did you guys, can you pinpoint that moment or was it like a phase or a period? Was it more of a dynamic process?
0: Yeah, I think it was a process. We always, I mean, from the first store we started, we knew we wanted to open multiple locations because we knew one coffee shop couldn't support our family, (laughs) you know, couldn't sustain our whole family and jobs. So of course we were like, we need to do this. We kind of want to set this up in a way where we could grow. So we actually opened our second store only six months after the first store. Um, but then that was kind of, a, there was kind of a rough patch. Like there was like, there was a couple of points in our history where, you know, kind of hit a rough patch and then to decide what do we do next, how do we do this? So we opened the second store six months later, but then it took us a while to start opening more stores after that. Mm-hmm. So it sort of was a slow unfolding process. But I think when we started our bakery, um, I think that was sort of a turning point for us. And that was when we opened our 10th store. We opened our bakery, and then it sort of sort of changed direction a little bit at that point, where we realized, oh, we can do this. We can do this bakery thing. We can make our own food, and then let's roast our own coffee. You know, let's make that jump as well. So we sort of did those things kind of close together, and really started growing at that point.
1: I find this so interesting because what what is fascinating about this, like so, you're saying like you started out knowing that you'll be doing multiple locations, but then there's a difference between multiple locations and 19 locations, right. and a bakery and your own coffee brand, right? Like exactly. so, that is like, <laughs> I mean, for you guys to scale like that, we all know this is where a lot of businesses struggle is to actually take a very successful niche concept that is very highly localized potentially. Um, Also, where the family lives and where it has community around itself, and where you know the name becomes recognizable, to actually go beyond that community feel, go you know across even borders. In your case, what do you feel has made your strategy there so successful? Why do you feel you guys have succeeded where others tend to fail?
0: I think one of the things we've always done, and I think kind of comes from my whole my family and the dynamic of the family, is that we are always looking for ways to improve. We're always changing. We're never stagnant. We're never okay with things stagnant. We're always looking ahead. What's next? Um, and we're never okay with where we're at. So we're always looking at how do we continue to be innovative? How do we continue to grow? How do we continue to get better at what we do? We've never arrived there. Mm. So that's sort of, that's in our culture now. It's with all of our, we have 300 employees. And that is something we work really hard on is the culture of our, of our company. And what it feels like to work here and be a part of this and that we, want to continue to grow and be successful, so we have to continue to like fight for that. It's never gonna just happen.
1: And and culture, I love that you mention culture here because such an important ingredient, as we all know, right? Culture aligned values, et cetera. But at the same time, we also know that between running two coffee shops, say like as a family, and like running operations at this scale where you're also mm-hmm. responsible for food, etc. So goes well beyond a family uh, working together, but is actually a real structure, a real professional structure that you have to manage with employees, etc. How did your culture survive that shift? So from you guys obviously all being very closely knit and understanding what you want from each other without maybe even talking about it transferring that to non-family employees and sort of at a bigger scale as well how did you how did you manage that
0: um I think that just came slowly you know as we grew it slowly changed and morphed and we adapted to that I think it's been you know just part of the growing process um and with my family you know I have three siblings my youngest brother doesn't work in the company he never has He was pretty young when we started, and he sort of chose his own career path, which is great. We're all still very close as a family. Um, But I have one brother and one sister that works um, in the business, and then my dad that works in the business. And we have had to work that out over time. Who does what? What role do we each fit in? And it's changed. Um, Some of us have come and gone as well, kind of done other jobs, come back into the company, we've sort of just taken it you know one step at a time and we try to be as open with communication as possible and just foster that culture as well of let's talk about things if something's uncomfortable or needs to change or needs to be different if we need to bring outside opinions in and not just have it be family we're just very open and honest with each other and then we move past differences quickly
1: I think that's kind of how
0: we've done that and then brought others into it and we just continue to keep that channel of communication really really open
1: so so living it by example really setting an example to everyone but so you scaled but also you were providing a service that at the time when you guys started out actually the there were a few big chain names that actually were growing quite exponentially also internationally right like so we know that the the starbucks stuff coffee story took off around the same time in a a massive way not sharing a lot of brand equity with anyone else really and uh, taking up a lot of real estate in many cities around the world and 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 also setting a sort of a standard I guess so and you guys were like a little bit early in the game for coming back to this sort of like very a uh, sustainable niche kind of mm-hmm. a feel, right? Like to the coffee coffee shop. Whereas now we see that emerging much more again. Like you know yes. we're, we're back to that yes. woods coffee feel, as if I may call it that right now. So let's just let just <laughs> trade let's just trademark it, right? Like it's a woods coffee feel. Do uh, <laughs> so how was that for you guys to watch though? Like you know while you were doing it to see. Mm-hmm those big names take up so much of the market share. Was that discouraging or were you guys like really convinced of what you were doing and the way that you were doing it? Just if you can tell us a bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so, um, well, one thing, even with
1: Starbucks, I mean, we
0: looked at them as if they didn't exist, we wouldn't exist because um, they, they educate the market on you know all, the coffee world that it was born out of that. Um, that's the reason we can exist. So we always look at it that way. Um, and yeah, I think there was times, there still is times where we question that and what makes us different. Why are people going to come see us versus going anywhere else? Um, we've always stood on people, people first, we're all about service. So, um, you know, we don't call customers, we don't call them customers. We call people that enter our store guests because we truly want to welcome them into our space. We want to give them above and beyond service that they don't get anywhere else. Um, and just really have that be that connection point with people, have our mm-hmm. stores be a place for community to gather. And then on top of that, we want to serve the best quality product. So our coffee is you know roasted fresh every day. We don't uh, serve coffee off uh, fully automatic machines. We still pull shots. We still train our baristas in the art. Um, and then our food, we make fresh every day in our bakery and deliver it fresh to our stores. So we're hoping all of those things are the difference that we continue to do those better than anyone else so that people want to start keep coming back to woods mm-hmm. but really it goes back to people the people part is the most important
1: part and the, the the people part but also like you guys continue a very strong and very very clear philanthropic pursuit a philanthropic mm-hmm. strategy that you have that is won you guys an award uh, it, about two years ago i think and so, you, you know, you already have a business model that emphasizes the sustainability and all of those things. So what makes you go that extra step towards charity and philanthropy where you say like, OK, well, we, we can do more. And how how do you as a family define that strategy? How do you find the right projects that you want to be part of or that you want to create?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's actually really hard. You know, we get so many people coming to us asking for Um, even coffee donations to be honest with you, Mm -hmm. Uh, coffee donations and money and all the things. Of course we want to support as much as we possibly can because that's just who we are Um, as a family. That's our heart is to help and serve and do whatever we can in our community. Um, So we sort of set up with this model though with Woods to help um, children. So we do as much as we can with schools um, and children in need. Um, we partner with different organizations in our communities we sometimes you know once a year we have a day actually dedicated with one organization um, that helps kids and we um, give free drinks away to anyone that makes a donation We also like everyone that comes into our source be able to partner with us in those things so that's something we've really tried to do is connect the community with um, things that maybe they don't know about so they might not know there's a need, so we also try to use our stores as a way to kind of catalyst let others know as well what needs are in the community and how they can help as well. Um, we also give away a lot of coffee. So we just have fun with giving away coffee, supporting whatever we possibly can in our communities. And we have a significant partnership here in Bellingham with Western Washington University. Um, we have actually a coffee in our stores, it's called Viking Blend, Western Washington, they were mascots Vikings. Um, and every bag of that sold, a dollar of that goes towards scholarships. Um, and we also are just very involved with the college there and the campus and what we what we can do with that sort of thing as well. So we try to do a lot, <laughs> can't do everything, um, but we really try to do as much as we possibly can with the resources that we have. Um, and yes, that's always been our
1: part of our mission. We're so grateful for this case study and showing that you know it's possible. Uh, obviously to tick all the boxes that you want to tick right like so in terms right. of a uh, as a family to keep that vision alive the next chapter for you guys though like you know so I mean when you're this size uh, mm-hmm. the day-to-day operations obviously take up a lot of time and probably most yeah. of everyone's energy right like to just to keep an eye on all the locations and to be very present and keep the culture alive. Do you guys have time to speak about the vision for the future? Are you all very clear as to where you want us to go next? Is yeah. it more locations? Is it more brands? Do you have a you have a clear strategy 2030 or something ahead for Wood's Coffee?
0: <laughs> um but yes, we want to continue to grow um our store locations. Yeah, we want to continue to grow in the this sort of area down south, um, into Bellevue area and everywhere in between. Um, we actually are hoping to start opening more locations per year than we have done in the past couple years. We've worked hard to set up a good structure here at our home base, and we want to now hopefully be opening at least two to five stores per year mm-hmm. and really just sort of go after that a little bit more. We've sort of opened maybe one, one to two stores per year in the past. So our next steps are, that's more immediate, but that's that's our next steps at this point
1: right and then and then on to coercing your children into the business i mean that's going to be that's going to take time and energy and and (laughs) we wish you luck kelly with that one (laughs) but (laughs) um but no so excited to to have spoken to you though about about the this wonderful family business thank you for listening to the family business voice Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.